can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. We can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. Nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits, conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. Look to the future, but embrace our past. We study, we analyze, we race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday. We exercise trial and error religiously. Through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection, we learn. How to make product for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision. That's where it all started. 
Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Bread, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by Fly Racing, presented by Traction MX Seat Covers, Justified Cultures Clothing, as well as Moto Ice Wrap. You can go to justifiedcultures.com right now and enter discount code BIGMX17 to receive 30% off your order. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we have none other than Brett Smith. He can be found on Instagram at at we went fast, unbelievable account. Everyone, please stop what you're doing right now. Head on over to Instagram and follow We Went Fast for all of your moto knowledge and uh, going a little bit deeper when it comes to uh, the history of things. So, uh, we'll definitely check that out. But let's, let's get to him now. He's on the line. Brett Smith, how are you doing? I'm good. Nice and uh, warm day here in Baltimore, Maryland. Hey, it's uh, similar conditions here in Winnipeg, probably a few degrees cooler, but uh, uh, it was a great day to, to be for, for me to be laying some bricks and now eventually to be on the phone with you. It's been a long time coming, my friend, and uh, I'm, I'm glad to finally have you on the podcast. Welcome. Thanks for having me. So um, for those who don't know Brett Smith or his work, uh, give, a, give us a, uh, a quick overview, uh, the Coles notes, if you will, of, of your work, your passion, and uh, why you've uh, dedicated a good, number, a good portion of your adult life to shedding light onto the sport of motocross and supercross. Well, usually I'm on the other end of the microphone. I'm the one doing the interview. I'm not used to yeah. being the one being interviewed. But I remember wanting to be on Moto World when I was a kid, and I remember watching Jerry Bernardo and Art Ekman and David Spain and Larry Myers host that show, and that's what I wanted to do. Or I wanted to work for Motocross Action, and uh, I always wanted to work for a motorcycle magazine. And when I realized that the racing career was probably not going to work out, um, it was probably when Ricky Carmichael passed me for the tenth time during practice at steel city 20 years ago that i realized yeah it's probably not going to work out so we went to college and got a degree and actually did an internship uh, where motor world was produced and went out and interviewed with some magazines and ended up going into television which was sort of an accident so i ended up learning how to produce television um but to answer your question i just wanted to tell stories i just love telling stories that you do and you're good at it Thank you. And I loved motorcycles. So combine those two talents and that's what I've been doing for the last 20 years, telling stories mostly about people who ride motorcycles. And there's no short of stories when it comes to motorcycles. Uh, it's an eclectic group and uh, it, it doesn't matter if it, you were talking about the champions of the sport or you're talking about the, uh, the privateers and the, or the would be cha- or the would, uh, would be professionals guys that don't even make it to the very highest level. There's always a story there. And, uh, a lot of them are interest are interesting for different reasons. Um, 
what is your favorite story to tell or what, what, like, what do you look for in a story that you want to kind of uh, bring to light? Because uh, I find that your work is, uh, is extremely deeply researched and it uh, seems like there's a lot of care that goes into your work, which usually probably involves a lot of editing on your side because uh, yeah, uh, you as well as I know get, get a little bit long winded. So uh, uh, it's supposed to be 2000 words. Well, here's six. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. Great question, by the way. Um, that's kind of a death blow if you're a freelance writer uh, getting assigned a story and your editor tells you, I need this to be a thousand words and you hand in four thousand words. That's never, that's never cool. <laughs> but uh, I, I have uh, built a great relationship with a lot of my editors to where, yeah, I can get a little more uh, space than maybe they originally anticipating. Um, but yes, deeply researched stories. Uh, that is what I, what I love the most. Um, I like to tell the stories that a, sometimes somebody doesn't want it to be told. So there's a little bit of an edge there, like the Austin Stroop story. Yes. Deep down, he didn't want that story told, but he also did, you know, and then maybe some of right. the people around him didn't want it told. Or just the industry in general. A lot of people like to believe that it's all rainbows. But everybody wanted to read it. You know, it's one of those types yeah. of stories. Uh, the other type of story I like to tell is one that nobody has told yet. Um, we have one coming out uh, later this summer that just has not been told. And if it has, it wasn't told correctly. I wasn't able to find any evidence of this uh, story ever being told. And then thirdly, I like to tell stories that maybe they have been told, but I like to get a little deeper into why maybe that happened or what was the, what are the untold details? Um, it's easy to kind of take a moment in time or a race, sort of scratch the surface and never look into the deeper meaning. Like for instance, I did a story on McGrath losing the St. Louis Supercross and I wanted to know everything about why maybe that happened. I, I mean, I felt it had to be more than just a bad night. Um, and we dug 3,500, 4,000 words into, I got permission for that, you know, <laughs> how much space <laughs> do they have? Um, yeah. On one night? About one night. Why did this happen? Yeah. Uh, it was really interesting. I mean, just weird things from, you know, they Honda wasn't in a semi that year. They had to park. They didn't have, uh, what was it? I wrote this a couple of years ago, so forgive me. Oh, I know what it was. The stadium was new in St. Louis at the time, and right. they weren't able to park the box fans. There was no parking for them. So McGrath was like naked kind of in this area, like, like a privateer. Uh, for instance, uh, he's just sitting there with his box fan, a lawn chair and a bike and a, and a stand. Um, and then like, he just kept getting wrangled by people wanting his attention to go do these sponsor appearances. He ended up walking all over the stadium that night. Um, just weird. There's so many weird things like that, that maybe contributed to him just being off that night. Um, another story I did was Doug Henry's crash in 95. Like that story's been told a million times. Right. But I look I at it like a plane crash. You know, a plane crash doesn't happen just because there's a little bit of turbulence. There's 
seven to eight things that have to come together to make that happen. Um, why was he slipping off the back of the bike? How hot was it that day? Why was he wearing John Dodd's boot on his right foot? Why was there a steel plate in his, in his, in his boot? Did the steel plate not allow him to tilt his foot forward to hit the brake? There were so many little things that contributed to that crash happening. Who was that guy that ran to him uh, yeah, when he did, crashed? Did, Who was that first guy? I, I don't recall. Did you get to the answer to that one? <laughs> yeah, his name's Cliff. He lives in Columbia. He's worked construction his whole life. Wow. You know, just things I wanted to know. And so we wrote a 2,500-word story called 2.8 Seconds to Legend. I love those snapshots in time that can be expanded into a full story. Absolutely, and and you're you're quite good at that. And I think motocross uh, is is certainly full of uh, like within the same moment there can be stories like that where uh, I think equally um, as important you could look at uh, like Ricky Carmichael's first win at Daytona uh, on a, on a two fifty how that all came together and at the very same time what went wrong on like it like all there's so many things that have to go right or, or wrong uh, for any particular event in more Supercross to, to go on. I think like whether that be a sim- simple race or even a championship, um, wh- like, when you write a story, does it, is it based uh, not solely, but is there an importance on relevance to you as like, when, like, are you, when you're interested in answer, in finding the answers to these questions, do you find that you're able to do your best work? Sometimes, um, yeah, I've got to be interested in the story. I've turned stuff down because I'm like, I'm just not interested in telling that story. Um, And so I just, I'll turn it down and pass it on to someone else. Um, I I think sports audiences can sometimes be easy to please, um, but I try to challenge the reader a little more. You know, I, I don't want, I don't want the easy to please route. You know, I want people to think a little more. I want to be challenged. You know, if I'm yeah. not being challenged, if it's it's you pretty easy. To yourself to a yeah, high it's pretty easy to read an old cycle news and just kind of regurgitate what happened in the race and not look any deeper beyond the reporting that was done there. You know, it's it's easy to phone it in in any career. You know what I mean? I mean, you can do yeah. it. In, I'm sure there's corners to be cut in bricklaying, and lots. Maybe people won't realize the fact that Brad Gebhart cut corners for 10 more years when their house is falling apart. I, I don't know, but you know, um, you've hit the nail on the head there and there are can, house fronts that will fall down. Yeah. You can cut corners in any career anywhere. And I, maybe I lose money in this because when you're a freelance, anything, um, time is money. Uh, so, you know, spending that, that extra half hour, uh, digging for a few extra details, uh, can be painful. It can, you know, it can cost you money. It can cost you time. It can cost you patience. But I've, I've always found that in the end, it's worth it. It comes back to you somehow, some way. Somebody along the line goes, "Man, I really appreciated the fact that you, you looked that guy up, or you thought to ask that question, or you, you, you know, put that detail into your article or dug up that piece of information." For sure, and it, it, what it, that comes down to is taking pride in your work, and and those who are are, are taking pride in the craft, and um, 
I think honestly, you yourself couldn't uh, release or bring to light your story without uh, like maybe you're you're a little bit meticulous about it, or maybe you're very meticulous about it. You're you're uh, almost uh, compulsive to a point of uh, of making sure that uh, there's no stone unturned. And uh, even if you were to reread your stuff, you like you wouldn't be happy if you're like, oh, I, I should have made that call, or maybe I should have dug in a little bit deeper there. So I think there's some satisfaction there for you. Uh, do you think that? Um, that is something that is lacking in sports journalism in general, as far as that deeper look, that uh, um, uh, uncovering that that uh, the extras that uh, that you're able to do. I mean, I don't want to speak for for all of sports journalism. There are some great writers out there, but there is an element of that's not my job in any industry, though. You know, it's everyone's job to take out oh, yeah. the trash. If the trash is overflowing in the break room, just take out the damn trash. You know, True. don't wait for the janitor. Just do it. Um, there's, there's a, there's that n- not my job mentality. Um, but no, I can't. There's, there's great sports journalists out there. No, there's, there's, there's writers who I uh, uh, absolutely aspire to be, and that's, that's the way I get better by reading people who I feel are better at what they do than I am. I mean, so many of us get better. And- you have to, you know, you, you, you look at the best if you want to be the best. And, uh, and, and I will preface that with the fact that, uh, I, that's why I read your stuff, Brett, is that like, I have, I, I get at, like, I'll, I'll get people saying nice things to me over Instagram, Twitter, uh, or even in my, my personal life. Like, oh, I loved your interview with this. And there's a lot of people will tell you that you're doing a great job, but it doesn't take me more than a few sentences to get into something that, 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 of your work that I've realized it's a, it's a nice slice of humble pie that there's a ton more for me to learn. And, uh, that I, I, I need to continue driving towards that, that next step. And, uh, I want, first of all, I want, I want to, first of all, but I, w- I want to thank you for continuing to raise that bar because, uh, um, it, it's, it's raising the whole level and like, and a rising tide, uh, floats all boats, right? Absolutely. Hey, I heard you were on pit pass radio tonight. How'd that go? I, I was, and you know what? I had an awesome time. Uh, Scott Casper, uh, and I just met last week, and the guy immediately invited me, like, How, let's have you on this week. And I, I just, rolling into that interview, I couldn't believe that we have a Tide Point series. We have one of the most exciting Supercross series in the world going into a two week break. And who do they want to talk to about it? Was like me, like that to me was a humbling experience of the fact that, like, that they, that they even thought that I would be a, a, a good person to, to chat with on that. I was, uh, I, I had some goosebumps going into that one and, and I hope I did a, a good job. I'll have to listen back to it and, and be, uh, uh, and probably cringe a little bit, but either way I had an awesome time with that. And thank you for noticing. What's the toughest question they asked you? Uh, honestly, I, the only thing I kind of stumbled over was, uh, my assessment of the whole Reed Dungey thing. Um, and the, what I kind of kept having to come back to is the fact that uh, as fans of Supercross, I like to see good racing uh, and Chad Reed's actions in those couple of laps um, didn't really affect much other than the fact that we were robbed of, of a good battle that was seemed to be brewing at the front of the track. There was only 1.9 seconds between Eli Tomac and, and Ryan Dungey at the time. And then when, when uh, the, roadblock was put in place, I guess you'd call it, uh, in, in Chad Reed kind of getting in the way a little bit. Um, that just totally flummoxed, um, 
uh, Ryan Dungey, and and frankly, that that we we were just we we were we were robbed of a, of a of a good race. And like, who's to, who's to even know if Dungey was able to even uh, make a even a striking blow to to the to, to Eli on the night? But either way, we didn't get to see that, and that was my biggest disappointment in that whole thing. I feel like Reed didn't. I feel like Reed missed his chance to own it last weekend when oh, they yeah, interviewed him. Totally. In fact, like, like, what do you mean he didn't? You felt he wasn't there. I mean, yeah, Dungey fell back a little bit, but come on, no, come on, these these guys, like, no, you, you, like, these guys claim to be able to tell what is going on on the track on the but the other side of the track, like, this, oh yeah, I was watching that battle while I was out 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 in the lead. Well, if that's the case, you knew, like, after you saw seventeen or eighteen blue flags with that red plate KTM behind you. Uh, well, that's probably Ryan Denji coming to lap me because I'm in 16th place. Like, it, it, that was a joke. I, 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 to me, very disappointed in the way that Chad was handling that. I would have liked to have seen him be like, you know what? I was having a bad night. I was frustrated. Clearly, 2017 has not gone the way I would hope. And, uh, I, I blew off some steam and kind of hindered him a little bit. Was, wasn't my best moment. But instead, he's like, that, I didn't do that. I didn't see him. Really? Come on. What did he get last weekend? This last weekend? Read. Like this weekend, like yesterday? Or Sunday, Saturday? He got Saturday. ninth, I believe. Yamaha's uh, in danger of not being in the top 10 at ninth. all. Yes. Uh, as far as points go for the championship, they are not in. No, wait. Chad Reed is currently 10th. He is the only, only Yamaha in the top 10. And he's pretty much solidly there because the second guy behind that is Josh Grant, who had a crash this weekend, and he's almost they're almost 50, they're only twenty five points behind. So uh, Chad Reed will effectively be uh, he'll be he'll be tenth in in the points by the end of the year. Brad Gavhart's claiming it. Reed gets tenth. Yeah, and, and, and as the only uh, the only Yamaha in the top ten. Um, Surprising to see, honestly. Uh, like, obviously, I think people had higher expectations for for Cooper Webb for 2017, but he's a rookie. Um, the greatest, uh, the the guy that they call the greatest of all time, didn't win a single race in his first year, and uh, and took a foot peg to the head in San Diego um, in his first racing season. So uh, we've had, we've seen rockier starts to the to the the 450 or 250, the premier class and Supercross. But uh, yeah, it's a tough year for Yamaha and uh, and all, and I'm I'm sure um, yeah everyone involved. I think a little too much expectation was put on Cooper Webb. I mean, he's going to be I, great. But. He will be absolutely. But yeah, guys saying multiple wins or anything like that was, I think, a little bit foolhardy. This is this is the like the 450 classes where all the championships or the champions end up. Like, there's no, there's nothing higher than that. Um, it's not a stepping stone to anything. This is where all the big boys are, and uh, I think sometimes we kind of lose sight of that when we see someone dominating the the 250 class. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is Zach Cummins from Phoenix Racing Co. You're listening to the Big MX Radio Show. We're going to commercial. We'll be right back. Justified Cultures is the kind of apparel from the moment you put it on makes you feel like it was made just for you. Quality, comfortable apparel designed for and inspired by the live what you love lifestyle. Woven throughout the moto, desert, skate, and surf culture of Justified is the desire to celebrate human achievement, to inspire and create a modern lifestyle brand reflecting today's generation. 
Zach Common, Matty Jesse, Phoenix Racing Co., Dominique Daffay, Cody Matichuk, and John Short are just a few athletes who don Justified Cultures clothing. Passion needed a clothing line to speak to the way that it lived each day, so we created Justified Cultures. Navigate justifiedcultures.com to easily view over 40 individual styles to help you make a statement every time you step outside. As presenting sponsor to Big MX Radio, lock in promo code BIGMX17 when checking out at justifiedcultures.com to receive 30% off your Justified Cultures clothing. Express your lifestyle with Justified Cultures. Live what you love. This is a test of your racersindex.com awareness. This was a test to see if you're ready to be found at racersindex.com. Supercross and Arena Cross are coming up. Now is the time to secure your position on a team. Mechanics, models, riders, flaggers, team owners, production specialists, anything related to racing. Be found at racersindex.com. Click it for your ticket to be found and become part of the racing industry. Racersindex.com, your ultimate race production resource. Visit racersindex.com now. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. Hey, this is Adam with Vexy MX, and you're listening to the Big MX Podcast Radio Show. Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, guys, this is Cade Clayson, and not only do I blow uh, Alex Ray's doors off on the track, but I do it at K1 speed, too. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose. They just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. Hey, Big MX fans. Thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying it. I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. Traction MX is the place to get your seat covers for any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, 
Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, KTM, you name it. These guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one-of-a-kind. The reason why they're one-of-a-kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick the everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American, and uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you could have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over to TractionMX.com, start shopping, start designing, and make something special like for you today. Going viral with Viral Brand. Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market. From supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between. Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses clear lenses, 10-pack of tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the Viral brand. Hey guys, Bill's Pipes is back, and that means the return of legendary performance. Two strokes, check. Four strokes, check. Since 1974, they've been tuning power at its finest for motocross racers, off-road rangers, you name it. For you two-stroke lovers, the MX2 Bill's Pipe exhaust system is flat out the right choice to make. Nickel, works, and the brand new cone look is the right system for the job. When it comes to four strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to decimate the field anywhere, anytime. So if you want the same pipe used by Billy Leninovich, Sean Collier, Vicky Golden, and the entire Barn Pros Home Depot Yamaha team, head over to Bill'sPipes.com today and never settle. Yeah. But uh, let, let's continue talking about your work a little bit more. Um what I, uh, without giving people a total uh, uh, letting the cat, the cat out of the bag right completely um, what uh, what's currently uh, driving the, the 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 pencil to paper lately as far as uh, your work and uh, um, what are what are you most involved in as far as publications because we know that uh, we've been able to find some of your amazing work including a very great uh, article that I, I read in I believe it was meta 06 with uh, with Ernesto Fonseca yeah, that was a crazy one. I was just talking to Jimmy Button about that article the other day. Uh, Ernesto and I spent hours on the phone together. Uh, I'm sure we've met before when I was producing uh, television shows for Speed and ESPN um, when he was racing. But we did this article completely over the phone um, while he was in coast- Did he give me a nickname? Yeah, no. he gives people nicknames. <laughs> no, no, but we'd say he gives you a nickname if he knows you. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, ma- yeah. Maybe maybe he came up with, with one for me. Sometimes he doesn't tell Probably. you what the nickname is. But yeah. um, 
Yeah, he was. Some of the time he's in Costa Rica. Some of the time he he came up to LA to do the photo shoot. But we did the whole thing over the phone. We spent uh, many hours on the phone together. It was very emotional. Um, people love that guy. It was a. For yeah, sure. that was a, that was a great that was a great article. Um, yeah, I feel like we're friends now. You know, it's never my goal to be friends with any of these guys, but. I just, I felt close to that guy when we were done, but that's who he is. You know, if you read the article, um, you'd understand what I'm talking about. Like, I think Ernesto Fonseca is one of those guys who, you know, many people feel like he's their best friend because that's how he makes you feel. Uh, that was a really fun article. I never felt like that was Ben Giese's call. Actually, he wanted, uh, He's the editor of, of Meta. He wanted the story on Ernesto. Um, and then when I thought about it a little more, because I almost passed on it, I almost said, I don't see what the story is there. I realized like, I never really got, I don't, a send-off's a terrible way to put it because, I mean, he's like 30-something years old. Um, but he kind of never got that, here's Ernesto Fonseca's life. And, you know, this is what he's done to this point. He never got that send off from Moto, you know. Yeah, he got in, he got there's a lot of champions that, that get that. Like they basically just more for for lack of better word, yeah, they they fade away. So uh, it's good that you're able to to catch back up with them. And uh, I, I imagine that your phone call was received with a with a big old smile because uh, uh, Ernie loves to talk. He does, and it was it was several phone calls. Um, most of the articles that get to be that long. It's not just one interview. It's not just one phone call. No, it's it's several, and you come in ready to go. I mean, one of my, I'm working on an article right now with Yamaha. Um, one of my deals is that I always come in. I do as much research as I can before I, I talk with someone. You know, you try to get all the preliminary questions answered before you come in. Cause you don't want to exhaust your subject, you know, before you get to the meat of what, yeah, before you get to the meat of what it is you want to know. So you try to get every question you can't answer it out of the way. Then you can just dive right into it. So tell me what you thought when you, when you ran into so-and-so at, you know, at this test or this race or when so-and-so said this to you and like, Oh wow, you know that, you know, they were there. Like, yeah, let's just jump right into it. Um, that's kind of where I am with this article I'm working on now, you know, just kind of getting ready for an interview I have with, you know, someone that's been at Yamaha for like 40 years. Um, it's, it can be exhausting because you're like trying to dig up as 40 years is a long time. I mean, it's older than I am, you know, that's how long one person's career has been. So it's like, how do I find out all the things that I want to know? subtract all the things that I don't need to know and make sure you don't fall into the weeds during your interview. Um, yeah. It's, it's an exhaustive process. Meanwhile, figure out like, okay, I don't want to put so much time into this that I end up not making any money at all. <laughs> you know, cause this is what yeah. I do for a career. This is how I feed my family. So cool. it's a, uh, it's a tough balance, you know, but Moto is not the only is. thing that I, that I do. I mean, I've, I've been lucky enough to, uh, have that video production career that has allowed me to, you know, if I ever get tired of, like, if I ever just get stuck on, on motorcycle stories, I've always got something else I can do. And then I always wound up 
back with motorcycles because that's always my first love, you know. But it's like with anybody, yeah. people are always like, I'm getting off on a tangent now, but people always say, oh, you, you know, you're so lucky you get to go to the races and you get to do this and I'm stuck in my desk job. Well, any job gets to be a little bit old, you know, yeah. going to the races. That's why they call it a single, job. That's why you get paid for it. Yeah. Every, I mean, you love it, but every single, you go to every single race and even that gets old after a while. It gets tough to leave your house. You have a family at home. You got to go to the airport. That's a drag. You got to get up earlier than maybe you want to. I mean, any job that you do is going to have that element of, oh man, I just don't want to do this right now. Um, so I've been lucky enough to have just other things that I can do. And then I, but I always find myself coming back to motorcycles. So it's nice to be able to take those breaks once in a while. For sure. And I think that that's important to have, uh, some, some multiple interests, multiple ways to, uh, to, to fill time and, uh, just take, to, 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 like, to, uh, let that portion of your brain, uh, uh, relax a little bit because you're so involved in the, in the stories that you tell and it, like the, uh, the intricacies that come down to, like, basically what's, what the, the fabric that's woven around your story is, is always really impressive to me. Um, what are, what story are you most proud of being able to tell and I know you talk about the, the Austin Stroop one is there another one that kind of stick, sticks out uh, as far as uh, something that you really like I, I nailed that one I, I'm, I want this one to almost um, almost define me as a uh, as, as a as a writer or is that defined, yet to be defined me as a writer wow um, I never feel like I've nailed it that's a good feeling. Maybe at the maybe at the moment I do, I realized, okay, maybe it's time to move on to something else. You know, yeah. Which I hope not, because I always I I'll always want to tell stories, but you never want to feel like, oh, I wish I'd asked that question, or oh, why didn't I include that? Yeah, nothing's ever perfect. Um, is there one article? I mean, I'm. I, I always try to aim for the next one to replace the last. Like the story I wrote last year on Austin Stroop, yes, by far was the most story was I've never been more proud of telling a story than I was of that one at that point. And now I've got one coming out this summer in meta um, in volume nine that I'm not going to disclose what the subject is yet but it's 8,000 words long right now that's a pretty big snapshot you don't get stories that long in Harper's or the New Yorker anymore I think (laughs) Um, I'm really really proud of this story we spent what is it now April we just it's it's, it's now gone it's gone through the editor it's now heading to layout we spent six months reporting on this story that's took some wild. breaks, and like, took some breaks in there a little bit, a few weeks here, a few weeks there, just to wait on some documents and um, other gigs coming up. But it was exhausting and rewarding at the same time. It's a story that's never been told, and I'm really proud of it. And I'm sure that it will be the story for 2017 for me, 
for sure. Um, but like I said, I, I always want my next one to replace the last. I always want to be going for more, striving for better, striving for, um, you know, more of an audience, you know, I, I, striving for more feedback. I mean, I always, I like to write things for myself. I, and I, I can say that I'm not writing for anyone else and I don't care what anyone thinks, but I do, you know, I want feedback. I want to know, do you yeah. find this interesting? If you don't tell me why, if you do tell me why. Um, I think we, we, we all you know, thirst for, for feedback in the end. This is why we're all on social media in the first place. Right. You know, cause we really do care what people think. Um, but it's just me sharing the world that I live in with other people. And, and and it's an interesting world uh because of your perspective i think like the like uh those who can think outside the box uh the Brett Smiths of the world the Wes Williams of the world the Kyle Cowlings of the world uh which i'm all f- fans of all three of you um like does it become more difficult for you to continuously i, I guess that maybe that's something that comes naturally to you is to think outside the box but to to bring a new perspective or to be original as far as your perception of a particular topic because at, at some at, at some point there's got to be some pressure on you at this point because uh you you, you keep kind of oh you're right now you're like the beatles as far as i'm concerned as far as writing because you just keep like it's it's a beat we've never heard before, or it's a it's a it's a, a vision that we have that we like we we looked at something and we saw oh the, I, I see everything that's there and then Brett Smith comes along and just turns it upside down or just opens it up and be like well no actually this is what it is uh, so how do you keep doing that? <laughs> wow, that's an honor. Um, well, I don't work for a monthly magazine, and that sort of makes it easier too. You know, I'm not on the staff of Racer X or Dirt Rider. Those guys have to turn around right. an issue every single month. And that's a grind. You know, you you have to produce. Yeah, you know, you, write about you, nothing. You some, sometimes you don't. Well, they're not writing about nothing, but they've got to they've got to produce that 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 feature, whether it be weekly online or monthly in the magazine. And sometimes you don't get the time that it takes you know, to really spend. So they'll look to the freelancers like us to, to do it. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm a very, very curious person by nature. I read a lot of history. I read a lot of books. I read a lot of stuff that has nothing to do with motorcycles. And that helps me, you know, tell the stories that I do. I don't know. That's a hard question to to answer. I just, I, I don't feel like I'm doing anything special i don't feel like i'm doing anything that hasn't been done before i'm just i'm just curious and i'm doing it the way i feel it needs to be done if others don't want to put that much time into it or to to dig that deep i I don't know that that that's on them i just do i'm not i'm not doing it to try to beat anyone else or um you know show anyone up it's just that's the way I, that's the way I operate. I was, I was always like that. My parents always taught me if you're going to do something, you do it right. If you're going to go out and race, then do your best. You know, you don't have to win, but as long as you put in your best efforts and that's all that really matters. 
Absolutely. I think that's some peace of mind that we can all take away from that is the fact that uh, like giving your best effort will always uh, be satisfaction as far as is your own performance. Um, we talked a little bit earlier, uh, I guess it was really late last week, about uh, the fact that we are both uh, um, compulsive and obsessive motocross nerds. I don't know where uh, like where the, the limit or kind of like the... Um, how you go about it lies for me, but I was talking to, um, was it uh, Garth Milan about uh, a particular race, uh, or actually it was a photo shoot with uh, Greg Albertine and Ken Fott in in Hawaii of all places. And he's and uh, like I was talking to this him while while going down into the base of uh, of the or, yeah it was Oakland Supercross. And he's like, wow, like I can't believe you'd remember like that that that, that was a long time ago. I'm like, well, I, I actually watched that race last night, so. Um, it's not that hard for me to remember it because that's <laughs> that's how much of a moto nerd I am. I have about 200 hours of, of supercrosses uh, readily available on my portable hard drive, uh, so uh, I, I geek out on it on a regular basis. How about you? <laughs> the the mid 80s to like the mid 2000s are completely frozen in time for me, but like I I can't. There's I can't recall anything from like 2008 to today. I mean, I'd have to think hard to like remember who won the championship in 2008 or nine. It's weird like that, but like anything from the mid 80s from when I was a kid, you know, because that's what you're paying attention to so right. much. You you're reading all those magazines, looking yes, at photos, exactly. Yeah. And and then I went as an adult. My first career was going to all the the races my first job out of college i went to like every single i mean i think i i i probably watched ricky carmichael win 90 percent of the motocross races that he, that he won that's a lot of motocross that's races that's quite and true, yes. yeah so i was there for all of them i watched all of them i interviewed ricky at all of them um but yeah the the, the more modern races total fog it's funny so i just i just look them up you know what i mean they're all right there on on google i can go to tony blazer's motocross vault and watch all the yes, races online or i can i can go on the old cycle news uh issues and read them there but yeah rj warty um mcgrath days bradshaw yeah those are like all in my memory bank i mean i remember being in seventh grade and that was like the most important thing in the world and, and the kids at the other kids at school had no idea where i was coming from i was like an alien you know i had no idea what they were talking about they had no idea what i was talking about we we thought both sides thought the other was, was weird for not knowing you know because in my head yeah of course their bikes are the biggest thing in the world yeah, and and that was also a time when you would get your your it would be a, a weekly publication like Cycle News or your uh, uh, your motocross action at the beginning of the month, and then you would toil over that. 40, 60 pages for the next 30 days. Whereas now we see a tweet, we commit it to memory kinda and then keep scrolling. So the disposable world of media now doesn't really allow us to absorb and obsess and, and basically, uh, and commit that stuff to memory the way we did in, in 1994 when, uh, all we had was the, the images within that, that, pretty honestly pretty thin magazine uh to kind of kind of flip over and 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 flip through again once you've read all the 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 articles inside you probably roll through it once or twice more before the the month is out so i think that's what really kind of drove it all home is the fact that uh um it just wasn't as readily available and just like just like you could you could 
scroll through Instagram for 24 hours and never see the same picture twice, but be nothing but dirt bikes. It's weird. It's like you're more connected to the riders and the sport. Yeah. You're also more disconnected. Totally. Because there's so much information that you can't even retain it, most of it. Strange yeah, like I, I totally agree. But then we we've got guys like uh, guys like yourself who are uh, digging deeper and creating this hard copy of something that uh, can can be read uh, a couple of times over and and really uh, um, enjoyed because I think and that's what the value is in those longer stories is that you actually get into the story that it's not just 140 characters on a tweet it's it's a it's a a story that develops and uh, it's it's almost like a bit of a symphony. Um, um, like I know you, you've been working really well with uh, with Meta in the past. Is are there other publications that you currently work with, and uh, is there any publication that gives you more rope as far as uh, a page space than uh, than the guys over at Meta? Because uh, uh, those guys are unbelievable. I love working with them, and uh, good friends of mine. Yeah, they give me the the most space. Um... I don't know how they do it or why they do it. They just do. <laughs> Race Rexton has been very good to me. Dirt Rider's been very good to me. David Coombs actually gave me my first opportunity to write for a motorcycle magazine. Outside of the Cycle News, um, they used to do the um, back when Cycle News was actually a print publication. They had the local events pages, and you could. I remember uh, Josh Woods' dad used to write local race articles um back in michigan and he had an alias i think it was s bagger which stood for sandbagger <laughs> that was his byline <laughs> and he wouldn't write just about josh he would like write about you know you would you would write about like who won the a class that day or you know so-and-so did really good in the one like a junior class and tony alessi actually used to write for the local event section you can find him in cycle news uh from the mid to late 90s uh, writing for them. So that's who a lot of us started with, the Cycle News local event section. And then Davey Coombs gave me my first shot in a magazine. And then uh, from there, I just met more editors. Uh, Dirt Rider, um, I've written for, I had features in Cycle News. I've had features in ESPN, the magazine, outside um, ESPN.com. Um, but as far as like, who gives me the most space? Yeah. I mean, most magazines today, they just don't give that much space. You know, it's, um, 400 word departments, 800 words features are 2000 to 2,500 words. Um, but that's also, it, and that's not because the magazines are like, we're just not going to do it. That's the attention span of our readers too. Most people yeah. just aren't going to read that long of an article, you know? They're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna read those those extremely long features. But there is a market for it, and uh, I'm I'm glad I've been able to tap into it because it's definitely, um, definitely what what I what I like the best. Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate you giving me some time. Uh, by by the sounds of things, we might have to uh, do uh, volume two, three, four, or maybe even five of these. As far as uh, like uh, like you said earlier, we've just only scratched the surface. That is uh, Brett Smith, and uh, I'd like to pull a little bit more out of you in the coming weeks if we can. But uh, I know you've got a, a busy night ahead of you um, and, and a baby to take care of. Uh, so first first of all, congratulations on that, and then uh, we'll we'll. 
we'll, uh, we'll we'll bookmark this or we'll earmark this page right here and pick it up again. Uh, and really appreciate you giving me some time, man. Thanks, Brad.